It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fast Talk. Street Talk. Mike Graham. Fighting the good fight with all his might. Providing a welcome dose of common sense for the common people. Solid Talk. Hot Talk. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. The home of common sense. Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Bank of England has raised interest rates just moments ago uh, to 4.5%. Uh, now, that's the 12th time in a row uh, in a further attempt by the Bank of England to slow rising prices. We were told a few weeks ago, were we not, that inflation rates would probably be starting to come down by now. Uh, but the bank's base rate has gone from 4.25% to 4.5%, which means that rates are now at their highest level since the height of the global financial crisis in October two. 2008. Some of you will remember that. Uh, That was when some banks came very close to collapse. Some banks did, in fact, collapse. Let's go straight. Uh, Before we talk to Rod Little, columnist at The Sun, uh, today, uh, Peter Cardwell is with us. He's at the Bank of England. He's our political editor. Peter, um, another sort of piece of bad news for mortgage holders, I suppose. Yes, the cost of living, Mike, just got even more expensive. Mortgages have gone up again now as a result of this interest rate rise, as is any credit card debt. If you have payments on your car or any other loans, that's going to get more expensive. Savers are hoping that this will mean good news for them, that interest rates will go up for them. But the big four banks have been accused of not passing on previous Mm. interest rate rises. So no huge shock today, but the 12th consecutive rise, as you say, and we are in a situation where interest rates are the highest since 2008, nearly 50, a near, a near 15 year high here, and that is something that will concern a lot of people. Mortgages just got more expensive, and which the Consumer Research Agency says that 700,000 people in April failed to pay their mortgages or their rent. So there are a lot of people already who are struggling with this, and the fact that things are now more expensive makes life even more difficult for them, especially with inflation at 10.1%, food inflation even higher than that at 14% as well. So things everybody can see, everyone knows, everyone goes to the shop, knows things are getting more expensive, they see their mortgage bills coming through, the money coming out of their account, and money just not going as far as it has before. And the Monetary Policy Committee here, whose sole job is to try to get inflation down. Well, this is the measure they've had and it may go up even further. Goldman Sachs, the big uh, Citibank, saying that it could go up as high as 5%. Now, that is much higher than far uh, loads of people, an entire generation of people are used to. Remember mm. in 2020, Mike, uh, interest rates were 0.1%. So this is a massive rise in three years, to say nothing of a 15-year high. Absolutely right. Peter, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. We'll hear more from Peter throughout the course of the afternoon. Bank of England raising interest rates there to 4.5%, the highest they've been since October 2008. Do you remember what you were doing then? 
Let's ask Rod Little. Rod, a very good uh, afternoon to you. I was happy then, Mike. Uh, good <laughs> afternoon, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems so long ago, you know, pre, <laughs> pre-COVID, pre-Brexit, you know, pre-Archbishop yeah. you know uh, Archbishop of Wokeby. I mean, it just seemed a lot simpler then, didn't it? We only scarcely knew, really, about David Lammy back then. Yes. No, the things, things, it was a kinder, gentler place. Do you know, I, I wasn't on Twitter then either, so it was obviously a better no, place. No, well, I'm, I'm still not, mate. Uh, <laughs> still, all, all of this is, I, I sometimes get the idea that the Bank of England, it's a bit like that scene from the film Airplane. Where yes. the plane is finally coming into the la- into land and uh, and someone says, we must turn the... Uh, the lights are on the runway, and uh, the boss says, "No, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do." Uh, and I think it's there's something there's something of the saboteur uh, saboteur about uh, the Bank of England yes. at the moment. Yes, it's well, they admitted, didn't they, last year that they couldn't control inflation? Um, yeah, that's right. So I mean, they basically admitted they couldn't do their own job. But it's it's in in the other on the other hand, assuming the banks actually uh, uh, abide by the uh, by the moral law, uh, this is very good news for savers, right? Uh, and it sends out a message that actually borrowing vast amounts of money isn't a terribly good idea. No, well, funnily enough, I've been saying for quite some time that all these people bleating about interest rates going up and not being able to afford things have been living beyond their means for for years anyway. You know, That's because right. you That's should right. never. I mean, I've bought plenty of houses in my time. Some of them I've made money on. Some of them I haven't. Um, and but you, but you should never expect the interest rate to remain at sort of one percent for the entire life of the loan. No, and our personal debt. Uh, I mean, the country's personal debt is absolutely appalling. And I, I remember, actually, uh, this wouldn't have been two thousand eight. Be about two thousand and thirteen, mm. uh, when uh, David, or two thousand and fifteen, maybe, uh, when David Cameron uh, said uh, that people should reduce their their personal debt. And George Osborne kind of went into a tailspin and said, Christ, don't tell them to do that. You know, the country will be bankrupt by Christmas. Yes. Uh, but we should. We should reduce our personal debt. Well, I mean, people are driving around in cars they can't afford. People are living in yeah. houses they can't afford. They're taking yeah. holidays they can't afford. And they're limit up on credit cards that they can't afford to pay back. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It, it, it's, uh, it's become a very entitled culture and people are incapable of dealing with adversity, I think, is, is the yes. worst of it. Yes. Uh, that's not to say that there aren't some people who are doing the right thing, who are trying to, you know, save money to uh, bring up kids and buy their own home, aren't feeling a, a pretty terrible squeeze at the moment. And th- that, that is absolutely true. That's a consequence, of course, of, of a low-wage economy, uh, which, of course, uh, the, the attempt to redress that results in inflation. Yes. I, I mean, you, you can't have everything. No, exactly right. It's sort of batting down the hatches time, I suppose. And and, uh, and there's nothing great on the horizon uh, with Sir Keir Starmer, uh, to carry on your airplane analogy. He's the guy sitting <laughs> in the seat next to the bloke who's trying to hang himself just to, so that he doesn't have to listen to any more of his rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's remarkable. I mean, his latest contribution to the great public debate was to say that he thinks that uh, people don't really give a monkeys about wokery. Right. Uh, now, I, I, I hear that, actually, from quite a lot of friends in the Labour Party. Uh, you know, I bring up, you know, woke idiocies right. and what we might do about them. What they mean is that they hope the public doesn't care about it. Yes. They have no time for it. They think it's stupid. If they believed in this stuff, 
they wouldn't say the public has no time for this. They would rigorously defend mm. decisions to put uh, transgendered men into uh, women's prisons and to allow 12-year-old children to uh, alter their own bodies with drugs. Right. You know, they would, they would go along with all that rubbish. But they don't. They know damn well that it's an idiocy. Uh, the question as to whether the public... I don't think the public thinks, oh, I'm going to vote Conservative because of wokery. I don't think it's as simple as that. But it matters to the public when such things as when odious propaganda is poured into their children's ears at their school when it comes to sex education classes. Right. It, it bothers them then, you know? Of course. And I, and I think, you know, the, the continual knee-bending and the divisive and corrosive creed of, of uh, Black Lives Matter and the way in which this country is kind of signed up to it and which did so under the shroud of covid back in 2020 i think that grates with an awful lot of people and they see it as being exactly what it is which is something which sows division between yes. black and white and is in any case uh, a monstrous uh, lie right. <laughs> but these are the same people that say well why do you care that we're changing the language it's not that important well if that's true then why are you changing it you know why are you calling people who breastfeed yeah, chest, well, no, indeed. chest feeders indeed. why are you calling women people with a <laughs> cervix you know if it's not important then why are you letting that happen well no exactly i mean but that is the whole point of of identitarian politics and what they call intersectionality, yes, uh, which is that it simply doesn't add up. Mm. It contradicts itself every day of the week. Yes, uh, every everything is based upon uh, a fallacy, uh, a lack of reality, and therefore you know it collapses. Uh, the latest one, of course, is uh, um, the porridge munchers uh, oh, north yeah. of the border, uh, uh, where the, where the Scottish courts have decided it's okay for twelve-year-olds right. to give consent. Uh, to uh, uh, doctors to uh, give them uh, gender-changing uh, drugs, right. drugs that will hold off puberty. And and it's this lack of logic and consistency. So we had the case only a month or so ago uh, about a, a, a guy who uh, raped uh, a young girl and who was 17 years old when he did it. Right. Uh, but the court decided the prison wasn't suitable because at the age of 17... You are not. Uh, your brain isn't sufficiently formed to be able to tell you that that is a a bad life decision ah. to take to rape someone. Right, at but seventeen. At seventeen, mm. but at twelve, you can take a decision to change your entire gender yeah. and to take dangerous drugs. I mean, it is an absurdity. It is. And then, of course, of course, the Scottish National Party successfully brought into Scotland uh, a lowering of the age of suffrage to sixteen. Mm. So at the same time that a 17-year-old doesn't know what the hell he's doing, it's okay for a 16-year-old to elect yeah. the government. You know, it's, it's, and you would think... In all forms of... You would, you would think, wouldn't you, that if actually they, they sat down and, and gave it some thought, that they would realise that it's all nonsense. And you would see, if you were Keir Starmer, that it ruined Nicola Sturgeon's career. And she ended up oh, oh. now uh, having to resign as First Minister of Scotland because people just thought, this is now ridiculous. Oh, I have, I have no doubt that... Keir Starmer knows exactly that it's an absurdity. Mm. But it's so entrenched now in the Labour Party, you know, through the through the movement of the momentum hordes into the party back when they elected Jeremy Corbyn yes. as, as leader of rationality and <laughs> sanity, <laughs> um, that, that, that there is nothing you can do. You know, uh, he, he finds it, he still finds it difficult to define what a lady is. 
Yes. What's a lady, Pierre? Yeah. You, you, you go, well, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, most, it's of them, most of them don't have a penis. No, really? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but, he, but there's nothing he can do about it. And, and that's why he's forced every now and again to bob down onto one knee. Yes. You know? Uh, and I assume that when the election comes around, uh, people will make sure that that, that photograph of him bobbing mm. down on one knee... Uh, is displayed every single day of the week. Yes, you know because that whole business of leading, even in football, has been given up. I mean, people realise now that it was a nonsense. Remember when the police knelt down to the BLM protest? Oh, oh, I mean, I that do. I think was peak wokery. It was. It was. It was. It was. Well, you say it's peak wokery, and I, I, I once described something a couple of years before that as peak wokery. That's the <laughs> trouble with wokery; it keeps peaking, Mike. You know, it, it, it will not stop. Speaking uh, of uh, speaking of wokery, let's have a look at old, uh, as I'm calling him today, Archbishop Wokeby, um, who made that uh, rather ridiculous statement in the House of Lords yesterday. It is a siloed bill, not a whole of government bill. It does not draw in conflict management and prevention, which drives migration. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It does not draw in climate impacts, which drive migration and conflict. It is isolationist. It is morally unacceptable and politically impractical to let the poorest countries deal with the crisis alone and cut our international aid. There you have it. Um, the Archbishop has spoken. And uh, as I pointed out today, they've got eight billion in the bank, the Church of England. They own 200,000 acres of land in this country. You might think they could do something about it. Terribly depressing. I mean, uh, I think people were quite, were quite pleased when uh, Welby became Archbishop of Canterbury because um, uh, Rowan Williams, for all the fact that he's undoubtedly an intellect ten times uh, 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 more competent than Welby, yeah. was nonetheless heading the Church of England continually down that left liberal route, which was losing it uh, worshippers week after week. Um, Welby has made it worse. He is he is rather like Rowan Williams, except without the brain power. Yes. Um, you know, and it, it, I, I, it, you can't blame him. He has to say what he believes is right, but but as with all these criticisms of the government's migration plans, there is no suggestion as to what we might do instead. No. And, you know, I had a debate about this with, um, with Simon Sharma oh, yeah. on um, Question Time about a long, long while ago now, uh, must be seven or eight years ago now. And all he could keep saying about the, the asylum seekers coming over the channel was, they are human beings. Well, I know they're human beings, Simon. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, but your insistence and Welby's insistence that we do nothing to deter people from coming over the, over the channel in those little boats will kill people. 
you know, they are responsible for killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Much as are the NGOs who, you know, uh, facilitate some of these journeys. Right. They are actually conniving in the act of killing people. Right. And it's, it's, it's shocking. And that is morally reprehensible. Never mind it's what morally reprehensible. Be, never mind what Wokeby thinks is morally reprehensible. No, that's right. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, again, just a total failure on behalf of, the, of, of, of liberals to look at outcomes rather than about how they feel about yes. it. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah, and you're look, supposed to be portrayed as some kind of, you know, right-wing, horrible, fascist, yeah. evil character because you actually yeah. don't want them to come here, which is a completely valid point to have. Coming up, though, stay where you are, uh, Rod, if you would. Uh, I'm going to be asking you about the Globe Theatre's latest warning that they've put on Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, believe it or not, they've put an ableism warning. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, also, I'm going to be giving you some information about the Trends Pennine Express as well. Uh, this is Talk TV. More from Rod Little coming next. On the app, on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. We're talking to Rod Little uh, up there in the northeast. Uh, we're going to talk about the Globe Theatre in a second. Rod, I wanted to tell you about the Trans Pennine Express because I had a sort of a light bulb moment this morning when I woke up to the news that the Trans Pennine Express is to be nationalised because it's so poor <laughs> and it can't run properly. And I worked out why, because it's not really a train. It's a trans train. And so therefore, it's not originally was not a train. So it's just identifying as a train service. That's what's wrong with it. It was previously a bus. Yeah, exactly right, and so it doesn't. And it know took what a it's number doing. of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's now it's a train. Some, some bus it blockers. Shouldn't be allowed on the railways, mate. That's no, what's you're wrong. absolutely right. You know, but it it's is. I, I can tell you, mate. You can joke about it down there, but <laughs> by God, it's been an awful service. You can't uh, get any. It always seems to be either on strike or just not running for some reason or other. And it's it's also slow, um, and it, it's vital, you know, for us up here to, you know, it links. It links, as it says on the on the tin, you know, it links Manchester with Newcastle right. and Liverpool and um, Leeds. Uh, but for us to get to Manchester Airport, uh, you may you may as well go to Heathrow. You're you just know, as well. You're better off driving, aren't you? Better off driving, yeah. Which is which is shocking. You know, I'd far rather go by train. Yeah, absolutely right. And let's talk about the Globe Theatre. Still in the Times this morning about their uh, performance of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, apparently they've got somebody who suffers from a form of dwarfism in it, right? Um, and so they've got a warning now. They've got a warning, and she plays, I think, um, Hermia uh, in the play. Um, the warning appears uh, on the theatre's website. Content guidance. The play contains language of violence, ableism, misogyny and racism and scenes of a sexual nature. Sounds great. Yeah, I might go along and see it. Lord, <laughs> what fools these mortals be, uh, I think is the appropriate quote yes. from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and indeed, the common curse of mankind, folly and ignorance. Right. Folly and ignorance uh, be, thine, be thine in great revenue. Yeah. And they certainly are at the globe, aren't they? They yeah, really yeah, are. It's, 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 it's infested everything. Uh, uh, to, to, and, and it makes me wonder where the impetus for it is coming from. Are they, are they worried that people will go along to... I, I suppose it could be a bit like Marie Osmond back in 1973 when she was Dolly's sister if you remember when she was yes uh, when she when it was suggested she might be in Romeo and Juliet and she said would you be her and someone asked her do you think that's uh, uh, something you could do and she said well I'd have to look at the script uh, <laughs> so I suppose it could be that there are <laughs> that there are some people 
who go along to a Shakespeare play not realising that it's quite earthy and yes. deals with, with reality and isn't, you know, just an airbrushed Hollywood epic. Mm. Uh, but I can't imagine there are many who do that. Are there? Are I they, wouldn't that's... have thought so. I mean, there was, I think it was last year or the year before um, when they put on um, a production of Romeo and Juliet and they had the Samaritans number at the bottom of the programme in case you were upset by the themes explored in the play. And you go, yeah. really? Yeah. I mean, what must, your, what must your life be like if you need to call the Samaritans after watching Romeo and Juliet? Yes, yes, quite. Very, I've got to commend your, your production team now. It's a very good, very good strap headline. What the puck? It's not bad, is what it? What the puck? Yes. Yeah, puck off globe, as uh, <laughs> they, they would have said in uh, uh, Summer High Tide used to use that. I mean, you do term. wonder what Shakespeare would have made of all this rubbish. Yeah, well, well, but everybody. I mean, it is, there are now trigger warnings on absolutely everything. Mm. Uh, and you, you'll remember the case of, <laughs> I think it was students at Oxford University learning law who were told that they could go out of the lecture room if they heard anything which made them feel a bit upset. <laughs> but they were told, you know, it's, and, uh, and it's an absurdity. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're shielding people from reality, you know. And Shakespeare, well, this is what is I a... object to. We're shielding people from reality. We're creating a generation of people who have never seen anything that's upset them because nobody's been allowed yeah. to show it to them. They've that's never right. been upset by anything. So when they are finally upset by something, they can't handle it. No, that's exactly right. And and I assume it does come from that generation. I mean, I, I do. I, I, I remember when I was uh, when I had that contretemps at Durham University, uh, and. Uh, uh, when a number of people walked out of, yes. a, of, a, of a speech that I was, I was giving, and the the, the uh, moron leader of the Labour group there said that he didn't feel safe. <laughs> I mean, what? What? I mean, they use this language. I spoke to Mary Beard about this a yes. while ago, a long while ago, about where this stuff comes from, and she said something which I slightly discounted at the time, but she s suggested it was an adjunct to health and safety. Yes. The health and safety legislation, right, and 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 in many ways it is because they continue to use those words. You know, safety. Yes. we have to have a secure environment, a safe environment, and in a way, it's more that than it is. You know, political. Yes, it is um, absolutely is, and they use that now as an excuse for everything. I mean, I we had a little street sort of street party in my little square in East London where I live, which luckily is a private square, so you didn't have to ask permission from the council. But people who did want to have a street party in a public street, as it were, had to ask permission and had to fill out an 11-page okay. risk assessment form to yeah. make sure that everything was going to be OK. Well, an awful lot of the sorts of things which we used to do to celebrate our history and tradition in this country is now no longer possible Yes, because of the insurance bills that, you know, your local Morris dancers are unable to fork out for yes. if they want to do a performance in a, in a in a in case someone gets hit by a flying bell or yes. something. I don't know. Right. Um, so, so so no, it's it's uh, um, it's pretty sad. You know, truth be told, it wasn't much better in two thousand and eight. So I can't go back in nineteen seventy three. Let's go back to nineteen seventy three with Marie Osmond. Um, uh, that would that would make me happier, I think. Yes, it was a it was a simpler time and a time of great innocence. Time, yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. But I do, I do wonder who is who is driving. The, I mean, when when the morons who put on a play at the at the Globe uh, get together and sit down and think about it, do, do they think? Do they think that people are stupid? That the people have no knowledge of Shakespeare? That people are so 
uh, cosseted that they have no ability whatsoever to 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 withstand a dramatization of something moving and cathartic i mean it is remarkable it, is it really remarkable. is it is extraordinary well rod listen great to talk to you i'm delighted to say and we'll to be you. doing this on a regular basis on a, on yes. a thursday yes. which is uh, which is very good indeed i'm sure we won't have any shortage of topics to explore we'll do should and be all right, shouldn't it? Maybe yeah. we'll have to come up with a trigger warning for everybody before we start talking as well. You never know. Uh, Rod Little, thank you very much indeed. Coming up, I'm going to be telling you about what 24-year-olds are now doing, more of than they ever used to do, and why it's wrong and woke. This is Talk TV. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and Talk TV.